High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. In a conversation with my colleague Herman Pretorius a couple of weeks ago, we briefly touched on the subject of the persecution of Christians. I was given an offer by another colleague to really delve into the subject more deeply uh, because apparently he knows something about it. So, Terence Corrigan, welcome back to the High FM show, to IRR show. It's always a pleasure to be here, Sarah. Um, can you can you hear me okay? I can indeed, I can indeed. Um, Terence, perhaps let me read you a few quotes that I picked up in some of the reading that I've done over the mm. last uh, while. Christians are the chief victims of religious persecution around the world today. More Christians have died in this century simply for being Christian than in the first 19 centuries after the birth of Christ. It is anti-Christian persecution by communism and militant Islam that because of their global sweep and virulence, sorry, poses the greatest threat. There's also been some discussion, which I haven't uh, sort of delved into very deeply, about Israel, from a political point of view, paying much more attention to assisting and protecting uh, Christian citizens in Israel and perhaps in the in the in the uh, West Bank and Gaza. Uh, I suppose one is from a you know a humanitarian point of view, and the other is a political point of mm. view to get people on side. Right. What are your views on whether the comments I've read have have merit? No, look. Uh I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a sort of underreported scandal. Um, I was actually alerted to this by an article in the Spectator about 20 years ago. Um, and this guy, uh, made the, uh, uh, the somewhat quizzically phrased, uh, um, comment that I am an atheist whose soul doesn't want to be saved. Thank you. But I think all persecution is wrong. And he went on to talk about about the situation in Iraq at the time, saying that, that for many Iraqis, this was before, you know, uh, it all really went to hell. Uh, the arrival of the, of, of the coalition, the unseating of Saddam Hussein was seen as a moment of, of liberation. And, you know, however things may have turned out, I think we, we, we can both remember those scenes, you know, mm. as, uh, jubilant locals pulled down the statues. Uh, it didn't last very long, but, but, uh, you know, but, but there it is. Um, for uh, the Christian population in Iraq, which predates the Muslim population mm. by by uh, by several centuries, um, it, it this was this was something of an you know of, of an ambiguous blessing. Um, yes, on the one hand, you did get you did get rid of the guy who put people put people in wood chippers. There was a prospect of um, uh, of getting uh, of getting to some sense of sense of normality, possibly a democracy. On the other hand, it in a sense, uncork the bottle, and this is uh, this is a situation that's been that's been repeated in you know uh, in in a number of Middle Eastern countries. Uh, the sense that you know, uh, as much as as much as the old school strongman may have been a bastard, he was at least a bastard to everyone equally. Mm. And uh, you know what you um, what what you said about uh, about Israel, I think that speaks to an interesting an interesting development. Um, the Arab world, uh, like much of, uh, well, I'd say, you know, like much of the, like, like much of the, the, the post-colonial world sort of, uh, uh, entered the, entered the state system as the, as the European empires collapsed or, you know, uh, 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 um, 
in certain cases as the Ottoman Empire collapsed. Um, the guiding ideologies of most of these new states uh, was either a type of uh, a type of secular Arab nationalism. Um, which, uh, you know, although not, although not, not always tolerant, at least allowed the possibility that, um, uh, people of different confessions could, could, uh, you know, find, find a place there. Uh, there were, of course, major exceptions. If you were, um, if you were Jewish in Egypt, for instance, you were kind of out of luck. Um, or, you know, uh, uh, some of them, uh, some of them lean towards, uh, lean towards communism. Um, the idea that 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 this was going to be a uh, you know a modernizing force that the communists were also were also anti-colonial. Now, what's what's happened as time as time has gone on is that that has has to a large extent in the Middle East been displaced by uh, by militant Islam by or by politicized Islam. I don't like the phrase Muslim fundamentalism because this isn't so much about uh, any any sort of interpretation of um, uh, of dietary laws or, you know, personal morality or whatever. This is about structuring, you know, structuring the, so- the society according to a particular geopolitical worldview that reaches, that, that leads on a religion for its legitimation. Mm. So, yes, you know, that that has been, in, in, in that part of the world, um, what has happened is that uh, societies that, you know, I, I, I think what, what, you know, one has to be very careful here and one, one shouldn't fall into the sort of golden aging that one finds, um, uh, by, by certain apologists, you know, uh, former minister Casrols is quite, is, is, is quite big on that. I'm sure many of your, your, your listeners would be familiar. I uh, know this, the, 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 this wasn't some sort of great multi-faith idyll, but, uh, you know, um, they were, there was, to some extent, uh, you know, a live and let live. Don't, um, uh, don't speak up too, you know, too loudly. Don't be some sort of civil libertarian big mouth and know your place and you can sort of, you, you can sort of get by. Um, in some, in some instances, you know, I've read accounts of, of, of Cairo in the 19th century, mm. you know, really a, a, a crossroads. Mm. Um, Algeria for, you know, for, for, for millennia was a cultural crossroads between all sorts of groups. In fact, that was why Albert Camus was uh, highly um, uh, uh, skeptical of, of French colonialism, but also of what was likely to play, likely to replace it, uh, which he saw as the sort of the 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 cat's paw of Egyptian Arab nationalism, mm. uh, which would be a betrayal of what he said Algeria's historical place had always been. You know, right back to the time of the Phoenicians and you know the, the Carthaginians. Um, now that that of course is the is is. Is, is the Middle East, and as I say, politically mobilized Islam is probably the uh, uh, the most the most visible force of um, uh, 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 force of force of persecution. You see this, for instance, in the um, in the case of the Egyptian Copts. Mm. They have a history in Egypt that goes back far far longer mm. than the um, uh, than uh, uh, than Muslims, but they uh, live as a sort of permanent underclass. Mm. You know, sometimes it's um, it's 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 very overt. There are limits on on entry into police, into higher education, that sort of thing. But there's also things you know. I understand, like if you apply for if if you apply for a telephone, you know, your your name identify you know identifies you as be as as as, as being copped as opposed to Muslim Arab, and you'll just wait that that much longer. Mm. Um, um, I remember actually actually uh, moving some furniture, and I hired one of these you know little load guys out of the back of the knock and drop, and he he was an Egyptian copped, and I asked him about it. 
And he said, actually, you know, Egypt is, um, uh, is, as far as crime goes, he said, is far safer than South Africa. But what we, what we don't have is that kind of intercommunal tension. Um, that, you know, so when it blows up, it blows up badly and it blows up violently. Now, um, it's estimated that about, I think, one in nine Christians in the world today lives under some form of persecution. Mm. Militant, politicized Islam is one. Um, uh, is one. The other one, of course, is communism. Mm. Uh, um, uh, the tail end of what you, I suppose you could call militant, dogmatic secularism. Mm. China is the best example. Uh, communism is uh, what, 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 what communism does, and this is, uh, I think, Something that 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 needs to be uh, needs to be understood a great deal a great deal uh, more clearly is that it makes a totalizing claim on truth. Mm. Um, so you know, there this is not something that uh, you know. I think um, I think people sympathetic to communism or Marxism can can, can uh, wash away by saying, "Well, it was just badly implemented." Mm. No, um, uh, Marxism believes it has the mysteries of the universe, and things that stand outside that are. Um, uh, must must necessarily pass away or be suppressed, mm. and that is why you generally do not get um, uh, you know prop, uh, uh, proper doctrinaire Marxist governments that can accommodate things like um, uh, like the free exercise of religion. Mm. Now, what the Chinese you know have done over time um, is that they've uh, they've they've been waves of sort of liberalization and uh, um, uh, and repression. Um, Christianity boomed in China over the uh, in the 1990s and into the early 2000s because it was, see, it was seen by many people as kind of kind of a religion that could deal with modernity mm. for a population that, particularly in the cities, is becoming wealthier, was having a lot more exposure to, um, uh, to foreign influences. Uh, you know, this this was kind of a religion that 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 started to make sense. Also, it's often forgotten there was a there's always there's been a long-standing Christian influence in China. Um, the you know, founder of, 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 of modern China, Sun Yat-sen, uh, was a, uh, uh, was a Christian. A lot of the sort of modern political ideas came in through that, um, uh, you know, through that, uh, through that channel. What has happened though, and this was, this was explained to me by an Australian guy who had studied in China. He said that what the Chinese Communist Party is particularly worried about is any large crowd of people with an alternative pole of loyalty that can, that, that, that can, that can assemble. This was why the Falun Gong movement was seen as so, as so dangerous. Mm. And this is also why the Chinese take, you know, treat different churches differently. If you're a sort of, um, apolitical Bush Baptist, uh, you know, all about the afterlife, they're not too worried about that. Mm. If you're some sort of, uh, some sort of Roman Catholic, you know, listening to broadcasts from the Vatican, you're plugged into a global network, that becomes very, very threatening. Mm. And that is why they've, um, they've done two things. Well, they've, they've done a multi, they've done a number of things. The Vatican, uh, the, the Catholic Church in China for a long time was essentially an illegal institution. Um, they had what was called the Chinese Three Self Movement, which uh, was kind of like the the, the Communist Party as yeah, Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. There was also an underground Catholic Church, which um, uh, was heavily um, uh, heavily uh, heavily uh, uh, suppressed, and you know, there was there were you know people used to be disappeared and arrested and whatever. They then, uh, you know, as they started to liberalize, they kind of wanted recognition from, from, from the Vatican. This is, um, uh, this is an interesting thing for them. Um, it's, uh, it's quite valuable because the, the Vatican is also a state. Mm. And this is why the Pope, ca- uh, you know, at times has been able to go to countries that are constitutionally anti-clerical. Mexico is an example, but he could do that as the head of the Vatican state, mm. not, uh, not so much as the head of the church. But it's, look, it's a, um, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a, 
a bit of an artificial distinction, but it's an important one. Now, the Vatican today, uh, well, I think today still actually recognizes the Republic of China, Taiwan, uh, because they, they have, uh, diplomatic relations. Uh, the Catholic Church in Taiwan has complete freedom of, uh, uh, uh freedom of action. Um, but the Chinese Communist Party was not willing to give up the, um, uh, to give up its, uh, its, its monopoly. So they came up with an agreement where the chi- where they would kind of grant re- religious freedom subject essentially to their veto. Mm-hmm. I, I personally believe, and I've said this, uh, on Catholic Fora, uh, that this was a worse agreement than they had with the Nazis. Mm-hmm. At least the Nazis nominally gave them the, uh, uh, gave them the, the assurance that they would be able to, uh, you know, to, 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 to do whatever they wanted without interference. The Chinese actually demanded control. And, inexpli- and inexplicably, or perhaps explicably, um, we can get into why I think mm. that, they, um, uh, they acquiesced. Mm. This has not actually benefited Chinese Catholics. The, um, destruction of things like Marian shrines, like, uh, um, uh, churches has proceeded apace. Mm. And now what the Chinese Communist Party has done is it says, well, it wants a sinicized version of Christianity. So it basically wants to edit texts, mm. prayer books, the Bible, whatever, to make it more, to make it more conducive. Um, so, you know, yes, you can, so, you know, you've gone from, yes, you can still be imprisoned in your own church to, well, you know, you can be imprisoned in your own church and you're going to learn that you, and, and you're going to take the lessons we want you to take. Mm. In Cuba, uh, there has been some, some liberalization. Cuba in the 1990s changed its, its official designation from an atheist state to a secular state. Therefore, you know, supposedly you're opening up the possibility that they're not going to actively suppress it. They just, you know, the state just won't take, won't take sides. But interestingly, what Cuba did was that it, it, it left control of religious bodies to an agency in the Communist Party, not the Cuban state. Gosh. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's, there, there are long-standing grievances, you know, for instance, uh, after the revolution, all church property was confiscated. And they, there's been no progress on, on restoring any of that. In fact, they used one of the, um, I think, a, a Catholic seminary as their, as their sort of political, uh, a, a chief political prison. Uh, they, look, they, um, there are still, um, uh, you know, people, people in Cuba still get, still get locked up for, for, you know, saying inconvenient things in, um, uh, uh, in masses. Um, can I so ask, you, sorry, yeah. can I ask you, uh, hmm. um, Terence, just given, because uh, this is, this is the sort of the issue, the, the really nub issue, because it, it pertains to pretty much what you've been discussing now. Right. Um, Given the persecution you referred to, we have killings and persecutions of the cops right. in Syria. Um, it happens in Nigeria, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Right. and 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 some very brutal and and yes, many people. Yes. It's where are the churches? You, you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if something happens to Jews somewhere. Some hierarchy of Jewish organizations right. will 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 say something. Um, they, they, you, you don't see UN resolutions. You don't right. see the churches generally, and 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 and, and, and Christianity is still the biggest religion in the world. Right. Okay. Yeah. So why? Okay. What, um, it 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 wasn't always like this. You know, the um, uh, there were times when uh, uh, when particularly European powers took a uh, took, took a large degree of influence. Um, you know, one of the, uh, one of the reasons that, uh, that Yugoslavia, uh, eventually blew up 
was these historical grievances that 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 went back to the Ottoman Empire, and also the fact that the sort of northern um, uh, those northern republics, the Slovenes, the Croats, had been linked to the Habsburg Empire, and had a certain you know uh, protection that was extended by um, uh, uh, by the uh, by the Austro-Hungarians. Um, but essentially. Essentially, it's, it's, it's for the following reasons. First of all, Christianity has always been, um, at root an otherworldly religion. You know, Jesus said, the, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, and so, um, out of that comes the idea of the separation of church and state. Now, this is not, this is not something that's, that's, uh, that's always been observed, but the idea of, uh, of, of an identity of Christendom in the same way as you have the Islam, the Islamic Ummah or, you know, I would say a sort of global, uh, global sense of Jewish identity or, um, Hindus have something, have something similar, you know, the orientation towards, towards India and, you know, the, the, um, uh, the motherland. Christianity doesn't have that, you know, um, Christianity, you know, a lot of it was spread through through European uh, uh, through European colonial conquest, and depending on who your um, on who your, uh, your 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 patron was, or through uh, uh, missionary work, sometimes with the um, uh, with the backing of a metropolitan government, um, you may have been given some sort of some sort of privilege, but then again, you may not. Mm. Um, the uh, uh, both the British and the French empires, you know, wanted the locals to convert, but weren't going to make a huge issue of it. Um, so, um, but what is, what has happened subsequently then is that even though, you know, uh, four of the, four of the five, uh, UN Security Council permanent representatives are nominally Christian countries or at least majority Christian, none of them will take up that, you know, that, that, that role as, you know, a protector mm. of, of, uh, of Christianity. Uh, Terence, could, uh, could we, mm. uh, we need to go to the marketplace sure. and pick that up after that because that's interesting and unknown yes. to most of us. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Terence, go ahead. You, you're talking, right. you're talking about the, the, the difference in the way right, the, right. the church manages, um, it's, it's, uh, I suppose it's, uh, civil servants. <laughs> Not civil servants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, compared to the other religions and, right. and how, what effect this has on their coming out and speaking out. And you were saying that right. the UN, while nominally the top four officials are Christians mm. doesn't probably doesn't make a great deal of difference. Well, yeah, look, okay. So, you know, I can say that, you know, what, what, um, one can, one can look at a, look at a country like the UK. Now the UK actually has a state church, mm. you know, it is not a secular state. So, but, um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't view the protection of Christians specifically mm. as anything that it's, um, uh, uh, that it, it, it does as a matter of policy. Mm. Um, Religious freedom, you know, the 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 uh, the United States, uh, the, the all the embassies have to report on it, but there is no specific uh, focus on 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 Christians. Uh, the one partial exception to that has been Russia under under Vladimir Putin, although I, I suspect that there's a large element of uh, of sort of manipulating, um, uh, you know, manipulating narratives. My own view is that uh, uh, Vladimir is, prob- is probably not an, not not an every Sunday churchgoer, but uh, you know, he, but look, he 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 understands the kind of um, uh, the kind of emotive pull, 
and certainly you know he's willing to um he's he's willing to talk about it but then again he's you know russia's got got close relations with countries like china like iran where there is uh, mm. uh christian persecution and there's no russian expeditionary force going there to sort of save their fellow believers <laughs> not going to happen um so you 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 don't have that kind of um uh, that kind of state or um uh, or institutional power behind it the pope doesn't hire armies anymore um which he did at one stage but uh uh you know not not uh not these days contrast that to the, the organization of islamic cooperation which makes sure that these things get onto the on you know you know perceived uh slights against muslims are constantly on the on the agenda of the of the un human rights council as far as churches go now this is this is interesting there are a number of worldwide um ecumenical bodies the most most prominent is the world council of churches mm. which essentially represents uh the what what i'd call the mainstream protestant bodies this though fundamentally is a it's kind of like a post christian ngo that uh, <laughs> uh you know draws its draws its legitimacy from from um uh from from churches um you know these this is uh, i i spend quite a lot of time sort of looking at uh, uh, uh looking at its materials and i have done uh, over the years i see very little about um about let's say the esoteric side of uh, side of faith uh reflection on the nature of the divine there's lots and lots of stuff about uh, about the environment and often you know it's phrased in a kind of christian metaphysics or about um uh you know generic political issues or about you know the evils of imperialism um uh there is a great deal about the evils of israel mm-hmm. um yeah but you know look but as i say i i i think you could take out all the all the all the references to god and you still find fundamentally got the um uh you you've you You've got the program there. Mm. And I, you know, I suspect that there's almost a, there's almost a sense of embarrassment there that, you know, they don't want to be seen as being, you know, colonialists coming in to tell, uh, uh, to tell the locals how to, you know, um, how to, how to treat their, their, their minorities. You know, obviously we think, uh, uh, uh we think it's dreadful, but much, much of contemporary Christianity is a religion that's lost, that's, that's lost a sense of its own uniqueness. Mm. And this is particularly the case for, uh, you know, for some of the, uh, uh, for some of those, those mainline pro- uh, Protestant denominations. Um, the Anglican Church, I mean, this is, this has been a, been a major existential crisis, um, that there are ordained bishops who do not believe in major tenets of the faith, you know, that Jesus Christ was divine, for instance, that there is life after death, that, um, you know, in doctrines like, 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 uh, um, uh, the virgin birth or, the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception, by the way, if she has a, here's a fun fact, does not refer to Jesus, uh, uh, uh going into marriage, it refers to Mary's, uh, to Mary's conception without sin. Uh, you can, okay. you, you can do you can, that, what we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's, 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 that's my great party trick. Um, so yeah, you know, these are, um, these are, these are, um, um, are, uh, issues of profound, of, of profound theological importance, but they've sort of almost fallen off, uh, you know, uh, uh, fallen off by the wayside. Um, yeah, I, I remember, uh, uh, Archbishop Tutu saying, you know, he, he wouldn't want to go to heaven to see if there was a homophobic God or, you know, if there was a homophobic God. I, you know, I, 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 I hear what he's saying and, you know, that, that's, that's, that's great, but I, I think it's, th- 
it's actually quite a quite a good metaphor for what's happened to a lot of Christianity. That you know, um, it's not so much about uh, conform, you know, uh, conforming yourself to God's message, but conforming God's message to modern morality. Mm, mm. Now, um, you know, as I say, once you've um, once you've reached that point, you know, whether someone is being you know is is being beheaded for you know uh, you know converting to to to, to your faith. That must seem a little bit weird, you know. Why, why would anyone want to do that? You know, for, you know, for someone, for someone in Lambeth or, um, uh, you know, Geneva, that's, uh, well, you know, if there's nothing particularly special about our faith, so, you know, we, 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 we simply lack a, um, uh, uh, lack, lack that sort of connection. Um, surely, uh, what that, what that suggests is that, uh, I mean, we're, you're looking for a, a humanitarian, response from religious bodies and mm. you probably have to expect humanitarian response from non-religious bodies from NGOs right, of right. a different type altogether yeah look yeah look there are um there are a number of um of charities a group called open doors uh the barnabas trust i'm not sure if they still function um that uh that do what they can mm. um it's, I, I imagine it's a particularly thankless task. There were also some, um, uh, some prominent, uh, some pro- prominent clerics within, um, uh, within various churches. Um, often I would say these are people who come, who come from backgrounds where they have experienced the, um, uh, where they have experienced the realities of these, um, of these tensions. Now, I, um, a couple of years ago, I visited one of these organizations, um, in the UK and it struck me, you know, I was, I, I was met and had a long discussion with, um, uh, with one of the directors who was a, um, graduate of Oxford university, um, ordained Anglican priest. Um, you know, you're sort of archetypal English vicar, mm-hmm. but it struck me as I, as I walked through just how many of their staff were clearly of South Asian extraction. Mm. And it's struck, and I imagine that these are, these are probably people who have family in India or Pakistan, um, you know, who's, who have seen, a, mm. you know, a particular, um, a particular reality. Mm. Um, you know, the, look, I mean, that, you know, that's, that, uh, uh, the, 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 the situation in India, for instance, um, that's also become rather, uh, uh, rather perilous for what is a fairly large Christian population. Mm. But it's always been one that, that, that's fitted in very, very ambivalently. Mm. Um, some years ago, I actually, uh, when I lived in Taiwan, I was, um, I, I got to know a, um, an Indian computer programmer who was, who was working, who was working there. And he said that, uh, the, um, uh, the Congress party had just won. He said, no, this is, this is great because the Congress are secular. The BJP <laughs> are Hindu nationalists. Mm. And, while, you know, no one particularly likes the Congress party as a Christian, they tend towards a more live and let live, mm. uh, um, uh, approach. Terence, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to have to, uh, cut you off there because we've, we've not gone beyond our time. Um, I want to thank you very much. I, I think there's a, there's a lot in what you've said that will have been heard for the very first time mm. by, by many listeners, but I do feel obliged to say that the Jews were in Iraq long before the Christians. I'm just saying. And absolutely, no, absolutely. Um, how, uh, you know, how many Jews remain in Iraq now? Um, not many. 
Well, you, look, you know, it's uh, uh, same thing. You know, the Jews were in uh, were in Libya for for a long time. They were everywhere, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, well, uh, you know, first of all, it was where now, you know, where where are your Jews? Soon it's where are your Christians? Yeah, that, um, doesn't that sound doesn't that sound familiar? Right, Terence, thank you very very much, very much appreciated. We'll speak to you. You're, you're you're very welcome, and I look forward to it.